Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. For this reason, ever since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks to God for you. I remember you in my prayers and ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you the Spirit who will make you wise and reveal God to you so that you will know Him. I ask that your minds may be open to see His light so that you will know what is the hope to which he has called you, how rich are the wonderful blessings he promises his people, and how very great is his power at work in us who believe. This power working in us is the same as the mighty strength which he used when he raised Christ from death and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly world. Christ rules there above all heavenly rulers, authorities, powers, and lords. He has a title superior to all titles of authority in this world and in the next. God put all things under Christ's feet and gave him to the church as supreme Lord over all things. The church is Christ's body. The completion of him who himself completes all things everywhere. You can be a winner. Yes, you really can. And fact, beloved, you have to go completely out of your way for you to turn into a failure. And you don't have to take my word for that. If you had and have listened to the scripture that was read to you this morning, that part of God's word was presented to us by a man that knew from whence he was speaking. And that's why it was sanctioned in such a way it became part of God's holy word. And beloved, that scripture alone, you know you come to a place within the Bible, you say this is a tremendous scripture and that's a tremendous scripture. I suppose it depends on the last one that you have read. But I do not know of another scripture within all the Bible that can be of any more practical help to you than the one that was read to you this morning. Within those short verses of scripture, the unalterable principle of success has been put before you. It is before you. It's something that you know if you doubt it. And you want to study it, you pick your Bible up, whether it be in what translation makes very little difference. Read it and understand what the Apostle Paul, speaking for God, is trying to say uh, to each one of us. Now we come to this place within the year where we have made our New Year's resolutions. Oh, we should have. And we have resolved that some of us, at least, that we're going to have better health next year. Are we going to get the house redecorated? Are we going to do that? Are we going to do the other? Or maybe it's my wife, and she's going to petition the bishop and the district superintendent to get her a new preacher. I don't hold much hope for it. But whatever it is, we have made up our mind and we have thought about it, or you should have and should be thinking about it. And as we think of it in the way of a desire, that we have within our heart that we would like to see come about next year. But beloved, if there is as far as we go, 
we have not gone farther enough. What you've done is good. But you know something? I can have a desire within my heart, and it can stay there 14 years. And if that's all there is, just a desire within my heart and nothing more, that's just about all it's going to be. Now, beloved, we can have a desire within our heart, and many of us do have, that we would like to see something done in a creative way here. And this church in the way of another building for our community and our people, especially those people that as of yet do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might be able somehow, some way to influence them and to tell them in this way about the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it can be a desire within our heart. It's been there for several years. And if that is all we're going to do about it, it'll be several years more, and that's as far as it's going to go. Now, notice what the Apostle Paul said. Oh, how beautiful it is and how clear it is. He points out to us that God had a desire within his heart and his mind and his soul for his people. Now, that was a desire. He wanted to restore the relationship to him that was broken years ago. Now, beloved, notice that God did not leave it there. The Apostle Paul tells us that he went into action. He did something about it. Now, what did he do? He sent his son into the world. And for him to die, an action gave to us access again to the kingdom of God today at this hour. God had a desire for his people. It did not stop there. He went into action in relation to it and given to us his son. And now it's possible for you to live, not just live. No, Paul didn't stop there. Oh no, he went on to say... God has provided for you, yes, you, not your friend, not your neighbor. Yes, he's speaking to them too. But he has provided for you to live in the most fantastic way that you could ever possibly dream of. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if all of us this morning believed what the scripture says? You don't have to believe me. Believe what Paul is saying. Believe what the word of God is saying to us. And let Paul explain it to you in this way. And this is the way I go about doing it. He says, God has prepared for you in a most fantastic, marvelous way. Look what he's done. Now he gave to us his son to open the door for us to the kingdom. And then he has something to say about the spirit that God has provided for each one of us. And that being the Holy Spirit. This past week, a young lady called me, and she was great upset and greatly distressed and disturbed about uh, some problems that was within her life. In fact, she's not a member of this church, never will be. She belongs to another church. And, but she called, and she said, among other things, that she was having some trouble and difficulty. But in the midst of that, she came up with a problem that I hear again and again and again that confuses many of us. And I'd like to talk to you about it just a moment this morning. And her problem is a very common one. And that is that she was thinking in terms of how can I know that I have the Holy Spirit in my life? How can I know that he's there? I listen to some of the other people and they go through a lot of other things and they have a blessing of speaking in tongues and they seem to be, this is a sign of the Holy Spirit. She said she had not experienced that type of thing. You don't have to. Then I asked her two simple questions. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ and have you committed your life to him? She says, yes, the best that I know how I've committed my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I said, secondly, have you been baptized? She said, yes, I have. I said, then it's not a matter of whether you think or whether you feel it or not. The Holy Spirit at this very moment abides within your heart and your soul. Now, it's not a problem of whether he's there or not. The problem is, in relation to each one of us, is whether we have been true to that spirit uh, that was given to us uh, when we were baptized and made our commitment to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. What have you done about it? You know, the two of the most important things that Jesus said to us was said to us along this line. The whole Bible is written in this direction. Say mainly two things. Basically two things. Jesus said something to us about this business that we are to have the spirit that abides within him and the spirit that can abide within us has something to say about love. We are to love one another. Now the God's honest truth about it is that we just don't want to love some people. No, we don't. The Methodists don't like the Baptists, and the Baptists don't like the Methodists, and the Catholics don't like either one of us. And so we don't like the person down the street too well, and the cousin that lives over the way, and so we go. I heard a very sad story at this time of the year. It's sad. It's, it's sad any time, but it comes out a little sadder right now because there's a mother, husband dead, two children. And somehow or another, the children have a misunderstanding one with the other, and it's a very serious thing. The mother wanted them to come home for Christmas and to be together. And one called her and said, well, is my brother coming home? She said, yes, he is. She says, I'm not coming home then. I'm not going to come if he's there. The truth of it is, there is that seemingly within us that it makes us more easily to dislike than it is for us to love. One has said that we have enough religion to cause us to dislike one another, but not enough religion to bring us to the place of where we can really love one another. Well, beloved, let me say to you, it would be just as easy for you to sprout wings and fly as it would be if you hate anyone and hold anyone in contempt within your heart. It would be for you to take wings and fly is to get a hold of what I'm saying this morning. Oh, I don't care how many times you listen to me. I don't care how many times you read the scriptures. I don't care how many times you go to church. I don't care what else you do. The blockage within your heart. If you hate any person, any person, any person, the spirit that Paul is talking about cannot have its way within your heart and soul and never will have its way within your heart and soul. And if you think any other way or wise, you are foolish, deceiving yourself, and you're living in the context of an illusion. It cannot be. It cannot be. It cannot be. This past summer, friend of mine that I've known quite a while told me about the disappointment that he had in his brother. His brother over a couple of years had borrowed somewhere in the neighborhood about $30,000 from him. And in a business deal right in the midst of it that they were in that he fell out with his brother over some situation and took off to California. And he said he guessed he lost another ten dollars or $15,000 in that deal. And he was so distressed and so unhappy about the situation. But the marvelous thing was, he called me the other night and says, guess what? He says, my brother is going to be with me over Christmas. 
Now, this man has been divorced for about 10 years. He says, I'm going to fix a Christmas dinner for him. He's coming back home. And he's going to be with me. And the man was elated. No concept of his brother mistreating him or doing him bad or ill. My brother's coming back. And that is the main thing. And that is the wonderful thing. Oh, there it is. Beautifully portrayed before us. What we need to do. Free your heart. One of our great preachers. He died about the time I was a young preacher, but he made a most profound impression upon me by a statement he made one time, and you've heard me make it from this place before, but it bears repeating. He said, I have contended within my heart that I will let no man cause me to hate him. Oh, I know what he was saying. I know now. That's right. We block ourselves. From the kingdom of God. Did not God tell us when we come to the altar. That if we have anything within our heart against our brother. We had better leave our gift and go and make it right. And then come back to the altar and finish up what we intended to do. Well we're talking about love. Love. Second thing Jesus said. That you shall share what I have given to you. This contest that we had was so difficult for some of us. Was simply... Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in in order that my house might be filled. That's what it was. Jesus said before he left from here, Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the world, you will give my message. There's an old story and you've read it a hundred times. Those of you who have been in Sunday school, I'm quite sure. It says about when Jesus left from the earth and went back to heaven and Gabriel looked him over and saw what a mess he was in physically and he said, you must have suffered greatly down there on earth. And he said, yes, I did. Yes, I did. And he said to him, though the people that live down there, do they know how greatly you love them? Do all of them know? He says, no, not all of them. He says, there are only a few comparatively know how much I love them. He said, well... What have you done to tell the world that you love them and what you've done for them? He said, well, I have Peter, James, and John and a few others. I've told them. And they're to tell other people and to share with other people what has been done for them. Gabriel, knowing something about the nature of man, said, well, what if they grow weary and tired and quit? Do you have an alternate plan? He says, I have no alternate plan. I have none. I have none. Only Peter, James, and John, and a few more, and they are to share and to share and to share and to share, and to they share and share, and to all the people upon the face of the earth know how much I love them and what I've done for them. Now, beloved, that's true. It may be an old trite story, but it's true. It is true. There's where it is. I was told the other day by an expert, and I was sort of amazed by it. He said, the average person has some influence over 250 people. I never heard that before, and perhaps you have. That you, being the average person, have influence and in contact with 250 people. Now, isn't that amazing? It is to me. Now, look around you. How many... Have you shared the blessings of God with? 
How many of these 250? Surely there must be 10 of them that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Another 10 or 25 or 75 that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as you do. Is it because we don't share with them? Is it because we feel within our heart and soul that we haven't anything of a revolutionary nature? Beloved, this scripture, taken within a person's heart and soul, will turn a, a heart and soul upside down and inside out, and that soul will never be the same again. I tell you, you have something, you have a knowledge that can turn a soul in such a fashion that that soul can never be the same again. I was never the same person that I was before, though I looked the same, I'm quite sure. But I begin to understand what the Lord Jesus Christ has done and did for me. Is it true of us of middle America that we have reached a point of ease and comfort? And are we really hedonists as they say that we are? That the only thing that we're concerned with is our ease and our comfort? And anything else outside of that, well, we may be involved in it and we may not be involved in it, just according to the way that we happen to feel. If you would experience what I'm talking about, beloved, you have got to take some action for the sake of your own soul. For the sake of your own soul. And I will tell you that there's enough there. And that word power that was mentioned within our scripture two or three times comes from the word dunamis, dynamite. And I'll tell you that there's far enough and power enough in what Paul is saying to us that can fire your soul and cause you to get up every morning looking for the surprise that God is going to lead you to today because you know it's there and it's going to be fantastic and it's going to be wonderful. Or have we reached a place? Two young people, less than 30 years of age, between 24 and 26, I would guess. Two young people I talked to this past week between the two of them, they make $50,000. You would think someone that has such a position as that within our society and has that ability and capability to make money would be enthusiastic. I was never surprised to find that the light has just about gone out. Well, we're not here completely and totally to make money within itself. Money will be meaningless to us and anything else within our life unless we understand what Paul is saying. Put what first? Money? It's important. No. Put the Spirit. Let me give my first thought to extending love and understanding and compassion and forgiveness and whatever else love calls for. And let me think in terms of sharing what God has revealed to me. And the promise of God is that all of these things will be added unto you. But if you get it the other way around, you're dead. I don't care if you are making $50,000. The light has gone out. But if the other way around, oh, what a difference. Oh, what a difference. If you want to experience what I'm talking to you about, you start doing what? your spirit tells you to do within your heart. You see, you've got it there. You're a very loving person. You're a very great person. God did not make any little person. He only made big people 
Only thing, we act like little people. There is within your being a spirit that you can lay hold of right now, witnessing with yours. You can do these two or three things that I'm talking to you about, mainly the two of them, and follow them. And I want to tell you that there's a life that can be lived every day that's going to be absolutely astounding and amazing and amazing to you. All these other things are going to come. Two things Paul says are going to happen to you. Two things. He says you're going to experience the riches of the kingdom of God. You're going to experience the riches of the kingdom of God. Now, I know Paul was talking about things spiritually, but something else is included in that too. The total need of a person. The total need of a person. The total need of a person. You're going to experience the great blessings of God. Heaped up, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The windows of the kingdom of God are going to be open to you. Two men, 11 years ago, two young men. One of them was a dedicated, committed Christian. I saw this man come alive. I saw him in a situation where he became aware of what God had given to him in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he began to live it. Right here within our city. The other young man, Christian in a way, committed to Christ, but he went into a far country to another state to seek his wealth and to make his gain. Lost track of him completely. Only in a roundabout way. Still not doing too well. But the man, the young man here that became alive to the realities of the Lord Jesus, a layman, not a preacher now, became aware to the realities that he had within the Lord Jesus Christ and began to practice them daily. Not the way that he felt, he had a mind. He was not an animal. He began to think with his mind and begin to act regardless of how he felt. That young man today is worth a half a million dollars in assets and cash. And he would be the first to tell you that he doesn't really understand how it happened outside of the fact that he practiced his religion. Now isn't that interesting? Sounds like a preacher trying to tell some wild story, isn't it? The unalterable principle of God is right here, attested to by those who have tried it. It will happen. God intended for you to have plenty. God never intended for a man to go through this life and just have the bare necessities. You have his secret is all you have to do to apply it within your life. The second thing, and I like this, you're going to have power. told you what that word comes from, dynamite. You're going to have power in your life. What kind of power is it? Paul tells us specifically. He said the kind of power that you've got a hold of is one and the same power that God used when the Roman government and the religious people of that hour got together two of the greatest forces upon the face of the earth and the most powerful. Watch out when the government and religion agreed. They agreed in this situation that Jesus was evil and put him to death. That same power 
Paul's saying, operates within you that reversed that decision and brought the Lord Jesus Christ back from the dead and placed him at his right hand. He says that is one and the same power that is released within your life. Now, if you don't believe it's in the Scripture, just rip it out. But that's exactly what he's saying. That same power, that awesome power, that most awesome power that man can know about is released within your life right now. Not yesterday or tomorrow, but today, at this moment. Now he goes on to say, that power is the power that made Jesus supreme. There's no power upon the face of the earth above him, no power in heaven above him, there's no power anywhere in all God's creation that is above the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is one and the same power that delivered Christ, set him at the right hand of God, that is released within your heart and your soul today. And you think you're weak. Well, you're not weak. You have the awesome power of this universe that is tied up in God at your fingertips. Yes, even closer to that. It's within your heart and your soul within your heart and your soul. Isn't that fantastic? Now what are you going to do with it? You've got the key to it. To unlock it, you know two things you've got to do. You've got to free your heart. Can't afford to let anybody make me hate them. No way. I'll guard that door to my heart carefully. More perfectly than I'll guard the door of any possession I have here upon the face of this earth. I know it's a must. I can do it. Secondly, I'm a share with what God has given to me. Got to do it. That unlocks the other door. And now I'm in a position to live like you wouldn't believe. Oh, yes, I am. To close with, I like to try to coach, a, whether it be basketball or softball. The last few years have been softball. One of the reasons why I like to do that, it's a lot of fun. You have a good time and you do something that can teach people something. Teach yourself something. Now there are teams that we play, of course, that are equal in strength to us and even better. And when you get in a game with them, well, you're nervous and you chew your nails off up to your elbow, you know. And the people who got out there playing, they can't make it to second base without falling. And they get put out. And you know you're there nervous and upset. Somebody says something to you, tell them, shut up. You're involved in the game. And when the ball is knocked out there to feel right to a player and they stand there and look at it and let it fall on the ground, you know, you just get more nervous. But there comes that time, though. Before you go on the field, you know that you have won. The coach knows that we have won the game. In the game, just a little while, the decision has already been made. The game has been weighed in the balance. And the scales have been tipped in your favor. You know it. You just know it. It doesn't make too much difference. It's a matter of laughing about the person who tries to make them second base. The first base, the second falls and gets put out. Well, they're going to make it up the next time. The one out there that doesn't catch the ball is knocked straight to them. You just say, you know, I'm going to talk to that person again. But it's a matter, you know, you talk to, to your one sitting on the left hand, the one on the right hand. You're visiting with them. You're completely at ease. You haven't lost a fingernail. You know you're just at ease. You know, you know the one. You're at ease. Completely at ease. No tension. No nervousness. You know, you know your team. And you know that you can count on. At ease. That's life.
Beloved, before you get started, right where you are right now, you're a winner. The game has already been decided. In your favor, make the most of it. Take time to visit. Take time to be kind and considerate and understanding. No need to get upset about this situation. I want to tell you that the game has already been won. Now let us go forth into this new year knowing what we know. And we know that we know it because God through Christ has given it to us. And let us be that fulfilled person that the good Lord has already provided for us to be. Lord, help us. Let us turn in our hymnals to hymn number 164. Oh, Jesus, I have promised. So we have. Let's live up to it. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.